Welcome to Workforce Water Cooler, presenting total talent solutions and insights impacting the labor market today. Brought to you by TRC. Welcome to Workforce Water Cooler, presented by TRC, the one-stop podcast for all your workforce questions and answers. Hi, I'm your host, Chuck. And on the show today, we will be discussing the important topic of RPO and the solutions available to companies. Joining me for the discussion is William Sparks, the Director of Recruitment Process Outsourcing at TRC. William is an expert and industry leader when it comes to the best ways to build your team. And he's here to break down what RPO is and how to address the major challenges facing employers today when it comes to finding and securing the best talent to grow their business. So let's get started. Will, welcome to the water cooler. Hi, good afternoon, Chuck. Thanks for having me. Uh, super excited to have you on. And again, thank you for joining us. But before we jump into discussing RPO, I'd like to learn a little bit about you. Where are you from originally? Yeah, it's, it's so funny to say, because when I give my answer of Florida, my wife always says, hey, you're, you're forgetting this portion that we lived in Arizona for five years. So originally from Port Charlotte, Florida, which is about 100 miles south of Tampa, over in 2017, I was in, we moved to Phoenix, Arizona for about four years before we landed here in Georgia. Nice. And so obviously George is your home now. How'd you get into staffing? Yeah, I think my answer is probably the same for those of many of us by accident, really. There's no recruitment 101 class in college. So I feel like we all kind of stumble into staffing and mine's the same way. Yeah, that's such a true statement. As a matter of fact, Travis said that last week, all of us kind of fall into it. Although Travis did intentionally get into staffing, but I myself just happened into it and I personally think it's one of the best jobs you can have. I think that what we do really matters, whether we're talking about the client or the candidate. What we do is an incredibly important part of their lives. And I like the fact that when you do this, you actually get to see what you're doing on a daily basis, help change lives as well as companies. But, you know, you specifically, though, Will, you, you focus on RPO. What attracted you to the RPO segment of staffing? Yeah, it was working with an opportunity that I was already in. And being exposed to not just local recruitment, but international recruitment, global recruitment, having a very intimate relationship with the companies I was supporting, being able to pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm with X firm, uh, to really learning the culture, being able to sell that culture to our candidates. So that intimate piece between myself and the client, but also myself with the candidate, really bridging the candidate to the client, as well as being able to work on a local, national international and global perspective as what led me to stay inside the RPO space. Well, RPO is one of the hottest services on the minds of companies, I would say over the last few years. Could you take a minute and just give us kind of an overview, a synopsis, if you will, of what RPO actually is? Yeah, sure thing. And there's many ways to define it because it's it's really a great product. So really kind of leaning on RPOA, which is Recruitment Process Outsourcing Association, They'll define it as RPO as a form of business process outsourcing where an employer transfers all or parts of its recruitment process to an external service provider. That's a very easy answer, but it's so much more than that because if you actually break down that answer or that definition, the recruitment process is so much bigger than we ever give it credit to. We think just bodies through the door is recruitment, but really it's workforce planning to determine the number of openings. ACS management, where are you going to house the requisitions? Who's creating it? Who's managing it? Who's closing it? How are you advertising your requisitions 
both internally, externally, what job sites are utilizing to do so. So that advertising and marketing piece is in there. How are you screening and vetting candidates? Who's interviewing? What's the interview process? What's the compliancy with interviewing? And you have your offer decision-making process. So who's negotiating the offer? Who's writing the offer? And also, how long are you storing those offers for? And then you have your onboarding, your screening and background process. There's all the laws and regulations with that, what you can screen for, what you can't screen for, in certain states, what you're allowed to test for, right? So all that's getting you to that net higher. Now you have to get them through the door. Now they're through the door. Typically, this is where we'd hand off to a training department, but how is a candidate entering the physical brick and mortar or the online presence on day one? Is everything for recruitment? And so when you just look at how vast the recruitment process is, RPO can really just simply be defined as outsourcing that process, either in its entirety or just chunks of that process, which would typically be defined as what we call source screen submit to a third party company who would not necessarily own it, but execute the process. Great answer. Well, thank you so much for that. Now, there is no one right answer as so many different factors can impact an industry's hiring process or recruitment. But generally speaking, from an RPO perspective, what are some of the biggest factors impacting overall recruitment for companies nationally? And how does RPO fit into that? Yeah, like you said, there are so many factors that are affecting the overall recruitment numbers. But generally, just to keep to time, I'll focus on three, what I think are the kind of the hottest items right now. First of all is the unemployment rate. We closed May 2023 at 3.7%. And I myself am in the school of thought that anything under 5% is considered full employment. So if we have a nation that's fully employed, those who are actually truly looking are fully employed, this changes the market that we've been in. I I know it's changed maybe the last few years, but historically we've been in a employer's market where candidates are fighting to get that job. Candidates are gunning to really compete. Now we're in a candidate's market where it's time for the employers to compete. And a lot of firms have been resistant to change, I guess is a way to say it, with some of the benefits from salary, worksite location, whether or not they're allowed to be on-site, hybrid or remote do some of the work-life balance concerns that a lot of the generations have been, you know, proposing. So with all that said, it's changing a few things. Employers are being forced to move away from post and pray. They can't just post up a job and wait for someone to apply. They have to make an investment in tools and technology. And there needs to be the development of automation tools because the faster you can get to a candidate, the more likelihood you're going to get that candidate. Time kills all deals as well as a super strong focus in employer branding. That's all being caused by an unemployment rate. That also doesn't take into consideration this mini recession that we've been facing. We also closed May 2023 with a 12-month inflation rate of 4.0%, something that we haven't seen in years. And I'm calling that a cautious buyer. And what I'm really referring to is, although we've seen massive increases in the job reports, but we've continuously also heard about it cooling in staffing. The market's cooling. The number of hires are cooling. And what really this boils down to is that the needs haven't changed for employers. They still have these openings. That's why its jobs are coming up. But the change has really been in the decisiveness of an employer. Them willing to pull the trigger and make that hire. I feel like they're trying to hold off as long as possible so they're not being forced into a layoff turnover situation, which would be caused of a recession. 
they're also trying to make sure they have that golden egg of a candidate because they're trying to watch their budget. So if I can hold off on hiring, I can keep that money in my budget. And that's really where I think the cautious buyer has come into effect is that the jobs are there from a statistic standpoint, but the hiring isn't. And I think that more decreases in the inflation rates, the longer that we go without actually entering in a recession, we'll see some of that start to shift back into more employers ready to be more decisive with their hiring. Really excited to see some of this come into play in Q3, but more so probably Q4. If I could for a second, when you say a cautious buyer, I imagine RPO helps assuage those fears a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll definitely kind of attack that in multiple ways. So one of the ways that RPO is going to really impact a cautious buyer is being more of that talent advisory firm, that someone who's going to come in and give the market predictions, have those conversations with our hiring managers and give them strategic strategies to combat that. What the firm TRC, that's total talent, if they're not willing to pull the decision or pull the trigger on a direct hire, they can pull the trigger with a contract person, putting someone on contract. So having a firm that can really be total solutions for a client, which is really what RPO is, it's a total talent solutions. There's ways to combat the market by giving employers more opportunities to really bring in the talent that they need from direct hire contract to hire to SOW, you get more opportunities to do so. And that contract hire also gives employers that try before you buy taste, if you will, whereas the other side of the cautious buyer, making sure they have the golden egg, they don't want to commit and really provide a total reward system for an employee until they know that they're fully vetted. And that is something else that firms can uh, leverage from a RPO standpoint. That's actually a really good spot for us to kind of jump in and talk about why companies should consider RPO what are the major benefits, just the top five benefits of, of that? I want to start by answering with going after one of the biggest adverse items that a lot of employers talk about, and they the fear of loss of control. Uh, because whenever you hear the term outsourcing, you're thinking, okay, I'm taking this and I'm putting it over there for them to run it. And while that's technically true, right, your RPO firm is going to be the you know, the driver behind the process, they're not the owner of the process. So one of the biggest benefits really is, is that you have a supplemental partner, someone who's coming in to be an advisory or be an expert in the market to say, this is how we can develop the best strategy to go after the best talent. And here's how we can deliver it. But ultimately, it's that company's brand, that company's process. It's their decision. They're the masters that get to say yes or no. This is how ultimately I want it to work out. While the RPO firm can make suggestions, they're driving that company's vision. Their sole purpose, right, is to develop a talent strategy to retain the best talent that will allow a client to disrupt their industry. But it's their industry. It's their company that's being supported. So there is no loss of control. It's a supplemental relationship, really. The second biggest benefit is going to be cost per hire. RPO firms, they're going to be buying tools and technology at a larger scale, which will typically always come at a larger discount. And so we're able to spread that cost of these tools and technology across multiple clients, multiple openings, multiple years even, because we can buy so much up front that that cost that actually goes into hiring a candidate is much smaller than when a corporation tries to do it on their own. Additionally, like most firms, RPOs are typically going to be searching for repeat roles at different times at different companies. 
over the course of their history. So they're developing a database of candidates. So a lot of times they don't have to spend money to go out and find the candidates because they're tapping into a market that they've been building, a database that they've been building. So they can leverage that before going to market. With that in consideration, with the lower costs, we can pass on a lower price to our clients. And that way their cost per hire is going down. Another big benefit is time to fill, right? Many companies don't have the strategy or budget to invest in a fully managed talent acquisition department uh, with the ability to develop relationships with job boards, marketing and advertising firms to develop an applicant tracking system, leaving them to primarily a strategy of post and pray. And most people who are doing the recruitment also bear another hat, right? It's the operations, the VP of operations who has to control a plant that's also reviewing resumes. It's the HR manager that's stuck in employee relationship issues that's, you know, trying to set up interviews. Talent acquisition, if it's not in a talent acquisition department, is second place to what that core responsibility is in a company. And when you're second place, it's time. It's added time. So having a dedicated team of recruiters, the investment of best tools and technology gives most RPO firms something, access to something that most companies don't have, and that's speed. And that that speed is passed to our clients in the form of time to hire, time to fill, and that way we're able to get them candidates faster. And speed's always one of the biggest things that, that we have to contend with within the industry. That time to fill is a big one. What about compliance? You mentioned this earlier in the conversation. You mentioned all of the compliance laws. How does this help our clients or, or a company, if they were to use RPO, stay abreast of laws, regulations, et cetera? Well, first and foremost, it's a RPO's responsibility to be apprised of the laws and regulations that are consistently changing. We're recruiting on behalf of a client. So our reputation is always on the line, right? But we're putting our client's reputation on the line. So it is our responsibility. We should know the law better than the lawmakers themselves, right? Because we're putting our clients at risk. And so with that in mind, when you partner with an RPO firm that is truly compliant, that company gets that shield that says, okay, this firm recruited on my behalf. They've screened the candidates. They've conducted their sourcing. So if there's any EEOC complaints, that firm is typically protected because they have not been involved in the screening portion up front, the job posting up front. That falls on the agency who is posting on uh, the job boards that's screening those candidates. So that you have the less risk as a client from just a front end, but you should also have the information, the protection as well, because you are partnered with the firm that is apprised of all those laws and regulations. Yeah, which by itself is a full-time job. You know, just staying abreast of the ever-changing dichotomy of employment is something that we literally have to have people dedicated to. So I, I can see how that would be a huge benefit for, for a prospect or a customer. That's a good point, because as you said earlier, Things are always changing in the staffing industry. What we were doing two years ago is no longer what we're doing today. It's constantly changing. Looking ahead, how do you see the RPO model growing over the next few years? Well, we've been in a hiring turbulence, really, for the last three years, really, right? Three and a half years, we've been in a hiring turbulence. We've seen employers swing up their hiring, have mass layoffs, and we've also seen employers not hire at all. Uh, it's really been hard to calculate which firms are going to swing up their hiring and those that are not. So when you look at that, I see RPO growing 
and being more of a partner with these firms because it'll give them the ability to be flexible. It'll give them the ability to compete in this market because a lot of firms are not going to be investing in a corporate talent acquisition budget anymore because of that, because they can't accurately forecast their headcounts right now. I think that's been one of the biggest complaints I've heard from my clients is we can't forecast headcount past three months because we don't know what our sales is going to look like. We're not going to invest in people until we have the sales. And so they're continuously reactive to the market. And that reactive nature is going to drive more partnerships with talent firms. That way they can have that swing up or swing down quickly without affecting their business and without requiring them to lay off or over hire in the talent acquisition department. Well, well, this has been a very insightful conversation. I'm fairly new to RPO as well. So this has taught me quite a bit. Is there anything else that you feel is really important to share about RPO with our audience? Absolutely. And as I've mentioned, talent acquisition is changing. So that solution, that approach to talent acquisition needs to change as well. What is really great about RPO that a lot of people don't understand is it's intimate. It's an intimate relationship between that third party company and that client who we're doing the recruitment for. It is not a cookie cutter solution. So, you know, it's not something where you're getting a off the shelf package that says, okay, you get X, Y, and Z for this price. It's a configurable solution that's really designed to attack each company as a whole, but even their division, where they're hiring, the roles in which they're hiring in that location with a different strategy really to attract the top tier talent. And it requires a much more of a partnership than anything else because we have to be really calculated on how we attack those different strategies. And the only way that we can do that is by having that intimate relationship, that supplemental partnership mentality. It's us working towards hiring, not company versus RPO. It's a collective we approaching the talent acquisition strategy. Well, thank you so much for that, Will. And again, as I said already, uh, this has been a wonderful conversation. I've learned a lot just from talking to you over the last you know, 20 minutes or so. And I know you're very busy, so thank you again for your time today. But uh, before we wrap up, I have one final question I like to ask all the guests. That is, what is the best advice you have given or been given in your career? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the greatest pieces of advice I've ever been given in my career is stop focusing on the five to 10 year goals. Focus on your 30, 60, 90 day goals, changing the philosophy of I have a right now goal and that right now goal will make you more calculated on how you approach each decision. That way you don't get off track five to 10 years from now. We could sum it up as keep your career on a short lease if you want to stay on track. That's great advice. That it really is. I, I like that of, of putting your goals more immediate, put, build a little pressure for yourself. Well, Will, thank you so much for coming on the water cooler today. As I've said many times, truly enjoyed this conversation. I learned a lot. I appreciate it. And I'll see you around the halls. That's great. Thanks, Chuck. Happy to be here. It was a pleasure. Take care, Will. I want to say a big thank you to William Sparks for joining me on the show today and discussing some of the challenges facing employers when it comes to finding and securing the best talent to grow their business. I would also like to thank all of you for joining us. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, be sure to subscribe so you never miss another episode. And for more information on any of the innovative workforce solutions you heard about here, visit trcstaffing.com for all the latest. Until next time, I'm Chuck, and this has been the Workforce Water Cooler presented by TRC.